you can personalize the tilt rotators to your operator. And especially with the new technology and the machines, I'm sure Hitachi has it as well, too. I know Komatsu does. But you can kind of, you know, like, okay, I want to speed up this part and I want to slow down when I come down. I want to speed up my swing. The machines are really coming a long way. Welcome back, everybody, to the Con Expo Con Egg Podcast. I am your host, Taylor White. As always, this episode is brought to you by our good friends over at Commencer Construction. We appreciate them, and you should too. Today, with me, I have the one and only Liam. He goes by Digger Bry. He is from Birmingham, which is actually the second person we've had from the UK. But the first person that, I mean, from what I've seen, is an absolute animal on a rototill and uh, spread some some asphalt. We call it asphalt here in North America. And I can't wait to talk to you a little bit more. Liam, thanks for coming on, dude. No, thank you so much. Um, it's a pleasure to be on your podcast. Tell us a little bit about yourself for people listening right now. Who's who's Digger Bry and, and who who's Liam? Who's the man behind that name? So my name's um, Liam Bryan. I've been driving an excavator for nine years. I've done a bit of traveling in that time. So I've managed to go overseas to Australia and um, I've also operated over there. I come back in 2020 um, during the pandemic. And after that, I um, basically started up LinkedIn when I um, got back to work. After LinkedIn, I um, just started to get a lot of engagement. I started posting videos and stuff. And then I decided to start an Instagram. And then I got given a tilt rotator. And yeah, it's just been a very good experience since that, really. Yeah, no, I can tell for sure. Like, where did you kind of start, though? I'm interested in that. Like, how did you, uh, like, I get you went to Australia and I want to get into that as well, too. And I'm very interested in kind of why you came back, obviously, you know, post-pandemic or pre-pandemic or during. But what got you into the love of running excavators? Was it a family member or were you grow up blue collar? So I was um, laboring for bricklayers. And whilst I was doing this, I was around heavy machinery, excavators. And from that, I just fell in love with it. And because I was a bricklayer, I knew I had to go into groundworks. So that's something I decided to pack in what I was doing as labouring and decided to go into groundworks because I knew it was the next step of getting on an excavator. Is that something over where you are then? Is it so you, you know, you, you kind of like put that feeler out there with the company or, or I guess I should have asked this. Are you, are you running your own show or are you working for somebody else? No, so I work for somebody else. I work for my best friend's company. And, um, well, I work for his company now, but um, we also work for his uncle's company growing up. So I was always around the machines, obviously, as soon as I joined with him. And being with him then, I um, was just started asking questions about how to get on there. And I would always um, ask the drivers how they think I should get on there. and. Like you say, again, it was always, um, I found that their fathers and their family got them introduced to it. And this was something that I never had. So, yeah, it made it obviously difficult for me because no one would let me have the experience or gain the experience. No, that's a really important part. I mean, there's a lot of times right now, uh, 
where, where guys are in the exact same position such as yourself, right? You know, and obviously I was in a privileged position and I'll be the first to admit that, right? You know, family business, dad growing up in the business, you know, here's a machinery, hop in it whenever I wanted, kind of do my own thing. But for guys and girls such as yourself, you want the experience, you want to go and do it, but you don't necessarily don't know how or what the right way to go about it is. And I think that's what's pretty incredible about you is you've kind of gone from this guy who was, you know, you were doing bricklaying. Okay, this is kind of what I want to do. Talking to the the digger drivers, you know, you guys call them diggers over there. Uh, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> excavator operators. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You talk to we call them shovels. You know, shovel operator, and then kind of going to this guy now that you've created an amastus following online. Of you know, you do some of the most, inc- I would say, top one percent of excavator operators can do right. I mean, you're grading asphalt with an excavator with a rototill. And and you're not with a grade beam. I mean, maybe you have some stuff with a grade beam, but you're doing it with a bucket. And I really want to know, like, okay, so now we know how you got in the machine. Again, so from my perspective, right, I've always said this from day one, I believe that machine operating is in your blood. Now, I know a lot of people are going to say, well, it's something that can be taught. And it is. I learn every day how to be better, how to be better. I'm such as yourself. You learn new tricks, new ways to maneuver your bucket, new this, new that, better ways to position yourself. But I feel like it's something that you have, you know, in you. Heavy equipment operating is in you. How did you go from bricklayer wanting to do it to what you're doing right now? Yeah, it was just the passion and the love I had for it. Like when I did first start, I obviously asked people what I need to be doing on the machine to be good. And it was always grading. That's just something that stuck in my head about grading. So grading is just something that, I've always gone the extra mile on and I knew if I if I conquered that, then it would help me with going forward with my um, job. So, um, yeah, on that, I just started doing it. And, yeah, I really wanted to help my friends out around me. And um, obviously having the asphalt, it's a very um, hard job to do when because the when I grew up, it was always in piles. You'd have to put it out in piles for them and they would rake it. And yeah, I um, one day I just thought I would try it. And ever since that day, I've never looked back. Over the years, I've just got better and better at it, really. Is that normal grading asphalt with an, an, a, shell, an, a digger over there? No, it's just something, again, where I just thought outside the box. And yeah, I just tried it one time and it, it pulled it off. And obviously, to do it in front of a lot of people as well, and obviously when you're telling everyone to move out of the way, I've got this, there's a lot of pressure, but it's just something, once I've done it that once, I've just loved it ever since. And yeah, and now I'm getting even more creative with it. I've had a video not long ago that um, has just completely blew up, but with this video, I really thought outside the box and there was a footpath and um, I measured my bucket. I could tell that I could get my bucket within this uh, footpath. And yeah, I ended up tarmacking it all with my bucket. And ever since that, it's just, it's just blown up. You know, when you look at construction as a whole, you know, like kind of, you know, now more than ever, it's more important, you know, for people such as myself or yourself to kind of show that in video, right? Show the camaraderie with the crew or just the enjoyment or the passion for your job like you have like you're talking about like basically i got to the point of where i'm at because i love what i do 
which is so important, right? And not a lot of not a lot of people get to say that. And in blue collar construction work or the the industry we're in, there's such a camaraderie within the crew and your job. And I feel like we're just super proud to do what we do. How has that kind of influenced your platform and I guess the style of the videos that you produce? But it's influenced a lot, really, because it's bringing people into the light what I'm doing. And that's something I really like. I feel like the youth and stuff like that are really getting engaged in what I'm doing. So it's it's making people who are going to be coming up in the industry really enjoy what I'm doing. And I feel like it's going to push them to do what I'm doing. And that's something that I'm really feeding off and I want to continue doing and continue pushing what I'm doing. And obviously, I really, really enjoy thinking outside the box and helping others um, enjoy what I am um, doing. Well, it's very apparent from your videos. I mean, you, uh, you're you posting stuff that makes people kind of go, wow. I mean, that is it's super fantastic, man. It's, it's pretty wild. Yeah, I am really shocked the amount of people it has. Um, has wowed really. I've had a lot of um, famous and a lot of people ask me a lot of questions and I'm just buzzing off it really. But to be that good at, at, you know, what you're doing, like to be that good at fine grading asphalt with a variance is very, very small, right? You have to be very precise. What traits do you think makes a person like you succeed at that? Obviously it's passion. I get that hundred percent. But you have to have good hand eye. You got to have good peripheral. You got to have the foresight of where I'm dumping this pile, where that pile's going. <laughs> a lot of my friends say, like the OCD kind of thing, everything has just got to be perfect with me. And uh, I can't stop until it is perfect. So I'll just keep on going. And that's something that has helped me a lot over the years. And if it's not perfect, then I won't settle for any less. And like I say, I keep on doing that as got me to where I am now. Is there anything other in construction that has ever been really interesting into you? Like, have you ever thought, okay, like, listen, I mean, like, you're pretty much a master of what you're doing now. What's the next step for Digger Bry? What's the next step? For, I mean, always in a digger? Or is it like, hey, I want to progress and move on to this in the industry to help this? No, I just, I love what I'm doing on a machine. I just want to keep um, inspiring people and wanting to come into what I'm doing. And I really just want to inspire everyone around the world into being a machine driver because myself, it wasn't an easy way to get in. And I just want to show everyone it can be easy. And I just want to send that message out there. I'll ask you a question that strikes my mind. So my question is, you know, you always have a lot of people that say, I want to, you know, help and inspire and do this and that, which is we need 100% of that. My question then, and maybe that kind of answers it, is, you know, you want to help the people that don't have necessarily an in, right? People at the opposite of the spectrum of myself. Why? Why do you care? Because it really, it really affected me from the start. And I feel like it's made me the operator I am now because I've pushed myself more than ever. I've just wanted to prove all these people that I wasn't too young and I can do it. And um, I did have a lot of setbacks in that. And I've always been looked at different because of my age as I was when I got into this. And that's something that I think needs to change. And when I was trying to get experience on the machine, no one would let me. 
And I would used to ask um, site agents and stuff if I could have a go on the machine. And they used to say I wasn't allowed to have a go on the site because I haven't got my ticket and they can't trust me on it. So from that, it was just how is any young lad getting into the industry meant to get the chance to learn? And I ended up finding myself on my break times. I, I wasn't meant to, but on my break times, I used to get um, one of the machine drivers to park a five-ton machine at the bottom of the job, out the way where I was safe. For three, four months solid, I wouldn't have a break time. I would just consistently just have a go on it, just try and get as much experience as I can. And yeah, that's how I managed to get my experience. And other people who can't get that experience would essentially have to turn up at a test center being able to drive it. And that's just, it's just not possible, is it? No one's going to look competent on a machine jumping on it for the first time that have, has never been on it. So that's just something I really want to change and want people to get where I am now. So it sounds kind of like, you know, you definitely had the right trajectory and it probably, you know, you're at your best friend's company, right? Were you at your best friend's company when you were a bricklayer or you went from bricklaying to your best friend's company? No. So um, I was at his uncle's company then, but now where I'm at um, now with the tilt rotator, I'm at my best friend's company. So it definitely helps in the industry to make sure you're with the right people as well, too. That that helps. Yeah, definitely. And um, yeah, he's had a very big influence on my career and everything. And now he's providing me with this equipment, these tilt rotators, and I, I couldn't thank him anymore. What piece of advice then would you give to, you know, somebody in the position of, hey, I'm a laborer, right? I'm laboring for a construction company. I have ground guys. I don't know what you call them. You call them laborers, guys that are just like hand shoveling or guys are, yeah. Laborers, yeah. Yeah. So you're just laboring, right? And you're at this company and your boss is like, yeah, yeah, someday, 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 you know, and, and, but you want the experience and you have zero experience. The only shovel you've ever operated is the hand shovel. What would you say? I mean, you mentioned earlier that like you were constantly asking questions or you seemed interested, but then how? Tell me, how do you get from doing that? to operating, being an incredible operator and being a very strong asset to a company? I just feel like you need to keep pushing yourself because as I was as a laborer, for pe- for laborers now to see where I am, they just can't believe it. And obviously, I just want to show them that it is possible. And I did have a few setbacks in the sense of telling me I weren't allowed on them, but I ended up paying for it myself. Out of I ended up um, saving my own money and getting it on myself because it says I was too young. Getting what? Getting my machine ticket. Oh, like, so do you have to have a ticket over there? Yes, yes, oh, yes. Oh, shoot. So you, you can't work without a ticket in an excavator? No, no, no. This is, yeah, you have to have a ticket. That is very interesting. You do not need anything over here. See, I hire farm kids because they grow up running the stuff, and then they're really good at it. Yeah, so we need tickets, so... So you obviously have to pass the test and everything. So. That's probably not not cheap. No, it's not, no. But you need to have experience to get on it. But like I said, um, I did get told I was too young at one time and I ended up paying it myself. And then ever since that, um, the opportunities then come up on the site where people would have um, days off and stuff. And that was my chance to jump on it. And ever since then, I've um, just showed them that I can drive them. 
I like the way that you you said earlier, you're like, I was told throughout the whole career, like I was too young or I couldn't do it or stuff like that. And it kind of has a sense of like, you're grabbing motivation from others wanting to see your downfall or not wanting to see you succeed. And a lot of the times you see online of people saying, don't do it for that, do it for yourself. And I think like yourself, I always think I grew up, although I had this opportunity in front of me of a family business, right? But I always grew up my whole life with, you know, teachers and, and, and people in school or my friends being like, ah, oh, third generation is going to mess it up. You know, you're going to screw it up. It'll become nothing. Ah, oh, silver spoon, you won't do nothing. Well, in the past four years, we've grown our, our business from three employees to 25. And then in the next 10 years, we'll go to 75 employees. And all I got to say is kind of, you know, watch me do it. You know what I mean? So I really like that about you, that that is kind of motivating. And there is a sense where, I mean, I'm doing it obviously for myself and do it for my family, my daughter, my, 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 you know, my wife and all this stuff. But I like that because it does, it motivates you. Yeah. It, it really affected me on the money sense as well because of my age. So I was getting to a point where I did think I was good, but, um, I really got put down on the money because of the thought I was a child, but I was still doing the same things as others. And it got to a point where I just, I thought to myself, I'm gaining the experience on this excavator. I'm just going to work my butt off, really. I'm going to make sure I'm the best I am and I can be. And then I'm going to get to a stage where I'm just going to put it to my bosses and stuff. And if they don't accept what I want and stuff like that, then I'm just going to have to go somewhere else and really just spread my wings because I knew I was at that stage where I wanted more. How old are you? I'm 28 now. Yes, we're the exact same age. Yeah, 28, yeah. How old were you when you got into the cab of an excavator? 16, around 16, 17. Okay, so 12 years you've been at it. Yeah, but I have obviously been um, three, four of those years. I've um, done uh, backpacking around Asia and Australia. Okay, so tell me about Australia. I'm interested in that. So you okay, clearly you like traveling. So what is it with Australia? Where did you go? What made you leave? Because you're from Birmingham, sorry? Yes, I'm from Birmingham, yeah. Okay, cool. So then you left Australia? Yeah, so I'm from Birmingham and um, yeah, I was in my work and stuff and I just, I've just always had something in me that wanted to travel and... It's in human nature. Yeah, I've come across something of excavating in Australia and that just, I, I was just in love. So in my head, I was going to go out to Australia and be an excavator operator and travel around Australia. That's what I had. But because I was about 20, 21 when I went, and when I've gone out there as a backpacker, I thought I would be able to just jump on an excavator over there. When I got there, the same thing happened again. I would tell these companies that I'm an excavator and everything. And because I was labeled as a backpacker, I've, no one ever took me serious. And that's, I, I kind of struggled with my first year. If I would have had what I have now in LinkedIn and Instagram, something to just show them that I am an excavator operator, I think I would have got given the chance. But um, yeah, I had the same struggles out there. But I ended up coming back home from Australia and I was back for about eight months and then I decided to get back out there again. No way. Yeah. So I had eight months on the machine again 
and then went back out there and thankfully um, a company out there gave me the opportunity to drive one. It wasn't Jimmy Starbuck, was it? <laughs> no, no, no. Do you know him? No, I don't know. Okay, you should look him up. He's good. He was been on the podcast before. He, he owns a, an excavation company out of Melbourne. I um, worked on the Pacific Highway in um, Coffs Harbour. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. I also worked on the railway and I gained a lot of experience from that. And I feel like when I did come back from all that, that's when everything, all that experience and stuff like that, that's just where I am, where I am now, really. Everything just took off from there. I come back then, started my LinkedIn and yeah, it's, it's just been crazy. Good for you. Well, I mean, it's kind of that those experiences in life that kind of make you the man you are, right? I mean, it's not easy packing up and, and leaving and going and then not getting what you want and then coming back and then leaving and going back. And like you you traveled to Asia. Where in Asia did you go? I've done all of Southeast Asia. Thailand? Yeah, Thailand, Vietnam, Cambodia. Cambodia. Yeah, um, Bali, um, Hong Kong, Philippines. Yeah, all over. But um, with me obviously getting experience on the machine, um, there is a lot of, um, I obviously saving my money up with it to do these kind of things. So I really pushed myself to obviously achieve achieve me doing um, my traveling as well. So I've always had a good motive with it. I've always had things come in my path to push me. I could have easily just said, I'll leave it. But I've always took it as motivation. And that's why I feel like I am where I am now because I've just never give up. And my dad's really helped me with that as well. He's always always pushed me and yeah i'm just glad I, I stuck with him oh good for you what what was it with linkedin how come linkedin i'm interested in that well how come you started on linkedin because i i was the last person in the world to come into linkedin i always said it was is horse crap you know i was like nah, linkedin doesn't work it's stupid but how did you start on linkedin so it all goes back to being my age and stuff like that and having setbacks so LinkedIn, I started LinkedIn because I wanted to showcase my talent. I was doing things at work and I'm one of them, like I'm really passionate about my work and stuff. And I would have work out on display and it never got the recognition that I wanted. So from bosses and stuff like that, it just never got recognized. Like I say, I was just really, I just, I don't know what I wanted, but I just wanted something from all the hard work I was doing. And LinkedIn was something where I, sh- I seen that people were showcasing all their work. So as soon as I seen this, I thought, right, then I'm going to start posting my work on LinkedIn. And ever since i done that, it was just crazy. Like uh, the comments and all the support I had, and it really showed me that I was doing a good job. And it was something that really helped me to where I am now because like I say, like um I've been respected for what I do now and yeah, I'm really happy for that. Yeah, I mean like I'm looking here, you got like three thousand people on your LinkedIn. Yeah. That's pretty incredible. And then your Instagram's even more. I mean you got like eighty thousand on Instagram eighty seven thousand. So how did the Instagram kind of pop off then too? So you started on LinkedIn how many years ago? Um when I come back from traveling. So that was twenty twenty. So in 2020, so three years ago, you started LinkedIn. When did you start Instagram? I've had Instagram probably a year and a half now. So in a year and a half, you've gotten 80, however many, how many do you have on Instagram? I think it's 85, 
thousand. How did you manage to do that in a year and a half? I've been at it for four years, man. My first couple, I did get um, obviously recognized a little bit, but I'd done a tarmac video. So this tarmac video, I got 7 million views and it was probably my... Oh, that's mega viral. Yeah, so it was probably like my eighth video I posted. And I think it took me about six months to gain 9,000 followers. And then I, after that video, I gained 30,000 followers just just off the bat. In, in about three weeks, I gained that. That's wild. It's a crazy feeling. It's a rush. I remember the, yeah, I know what you're talking about. I've never had to that scale. But when something goes viral and those notifications and then those follows start coming in, it's like I'm on to something and I got to keep that up to rush. Yeah, um, I got a lot of my friends involved with it. I never I never forget where I was at the pub one night and my phone was just honestly just just friends requests, likes and and obviously because it's all happened so fast as well, it's hard to take in and to see how my friends were reacting from it and stuff like that. It really did sink in what was happening. But like you say, ever since that, I've had a rush and all I've ever tried to do is just just think outside the box and just keep pushing myself. And recently, um, I've just had another video and that's just hit over 43 million views. On Instagram? On Instagram, yeah. Are you seeing it relate to that many viewers as well too then? Or that many follows? Yeah, so I've I've gained 30,000 followers in a month off that one video. Dude. But this this video is obviously, like I said, like it's something that I really thought out the box with. Dude, look at your views. 2.9 million, 7.4 million, 2.3 million, 126,000. <laughs> Good for you. So what are you filming these with? Do you, are you putting a GoPro up in the top left-hand corner of your cab? Yeah, that's it. Yeah, just the GoPro, yeah. And then are you editing them yourself? Yeah, editing them myself. It only take me two minutes to edit, really. I just have to clip the start, clip the end because of me reaching back to press it on. And yeah, I just obviously speed it up. Throw some music on with it. Yeah, music. I think the music's really helped me as well because I feel like I've got a taste of music that it does reach to a certain criteria of people. And I feel like it's it, it has helped me. I've had certain people even just message me saying, you're helping me with my playlist and stuff because they just love love the songs as well that I'm pulling on. So, yeah. Yeah, I think that plays into it totally because when I think like, if I thought like, okay, because like, you guys over there got rototilts long before us. We're just catching on. We're over here in the West, kind of like, oh, well, these rototilts, they look kind of cool. You know what I mean? And now we're finally just trying them. But when I think like, okay, over where you guys are, a rototilt machine, I'm thinking like, do you run a wheeled excavator ever? No, just tracked. When I think that, I'm thinking like, okay, rototilt digging around a manhole and like that song that's like, in my Balenciaga stay, go rest. <laughs> like, don't tell me you've never done a video to that song. You have. <laughs> no, I haven't. Oh, come on. You totally had to have. I might be doing one there, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty amazing, man. And you're catching the eyes of a lot of people. I mean, you just signed on with Driven Talent. Do you know Connor, the digger driver? Does he ever reach out? Because you guys are over there together, right? How close is he to you? He's a good dude. I want to get him on the pod. 
Yeah, he's not. He don't live far away from me, Birmingham. You guys got to uh, mingle up here and do a little video together. Yeah, definitely, definitely. No, he's a very good lad, and um, what he's doing is very good as well. Um, obviously, uh, I've respect for what he's doing, and it, it's. Uh, to be honest, he was one of the first ones around doing it, so it kind of it's something that I've wanted to do since I've seen what he's doing as well. So what, I guess, is the progression of Digger Bry then online? You know, what are you hoping for? Because I actually saw one of your cool videos the other day. You know, you were showing you getting up kind of early in the morning, showing your alarm clock. It was like 5, you know, 15 a.m. or 5.20 a.m. And like, I really respect the fact that you're taking the time out of your life because time is the most valuable thing we have. You're taking the time to show people like, hey, this is what it's like. And like, although it's not glorious, there's lots of days where it's raining and it's dark and you're up at 5 a.m. And what's your plan with showing all this? I know you want to inspire and show people, but, you know, like, where do you got to go from here? What's the plan? Yeah, like like I keep referring to, it's just, yeah, I just want to just show everyone it, it can be good. I don't know if people have just got an image of how construction sites are, but... I just want to really showcase to people what, what, how it can be and how fun it can be. And I, I like that um, everything's been involved with social media and stuff like that now. And that's something I think the youth obviously coming up into it to know that they can do social media and work. It's just brilliant, really. Yeah, no, I totally respect that man i mean i think we need more of that you know people showing kind of like what it actually is like in the industry and as well as rather than just showing okay i'm here and this is me here you're trying to show like okay this is me here but this is how i got here which is really important as well too did you do any apprentice programs or anything like that yes i did do an apprentice program yeah so that was um doing groundwork so yeah i've done that for yeah, when I first started, I think it was like an eight-month course, and that was really good to do, and um, it helped me before I did get onto site as well. Well, I only had to do it one day a week, and then I was on site for the rest of the week. So, yeah, it it, it really does help to know what's going on site before you get there and um, with health and safety because there's a lot of health and safety on site, and you've really got to watch what you're doing. And me being an excavator, on my jobs you have a lot of people a lot of people coming in and out from you and you have to really be alert of what you're doing oh yeah i mean like i always say to the to you know our crew in the morning like one one small little like you know movement of the hand can be the decision of life or death and it's insane and some people just don't care really as well you get people just creeping up from the back of you and stuff and You've really got to keep your wits about you and, um, yeah, really be on the ball. Tell me about your setup. What, what are you running? What, what kind of machine? What, what, what size? And then what, what, what uh, tilt rotator are you running? So I'm on an Hitachi Dash 7. So it's a new, the, one of the new Hitachis that, that they've brought out. It's um, a 13-ton tracked machine. And I'm running um, a t- um, an Encon tilt rotator. MCON, eh? I'm a rototilt guy, so we might have a little bit of problem. <laughs> I, al- I also have been on steel wrist as well. Oh, really? Nice. Yeah, there's a couple of them here. There's not so much NCON en- uh, out here, to be honest with you. I would say 90% of people out here are rototilt. They just have the market here. 
Yeah, I haven't. I haven't um, been on a road to hotel yet, but yeah, like I say, Encron and Stillrich. That's that's the two I've been involved with. But since I've been involved with these, it's just it's made me love my job a lot more. A lot of people always say to me they're very um, jealous of how much I do love my job. And now to look at other people, I do feel very lucky to love getting up every morning and doing what I do. And yeah, I, I am a lucky lad in that sense. Yeah, well, that's just it, right? I mean, there's so many people that wake up every day and they don't, you know, they, you know, they hate getting to work or they don't want to wake up and go to their thing. So not just even construction specific, but if you want to wake up every day and love what you do, I mean... There's always some risk involved in doing that, which, you know, maybe yours was saving up all this money and having to go to school and spend it on the school. And necessarily, you didn't really know if it was going to pan out or not. Right. You could you maybe could have lost everything and saved up all this money you could have used for a house. But instead, you did that, which is that's pretty impressive. I mean, but that was to chase the goal of waking up every day and, and knowing that you love what you love. Did you start off on a rototill? No, I started off just um, a normal machine. So yeah, just that. So how long have you been running a rototill? Coming up to just over a year now. <laughs> yeah, just over a year. Holy, if everyone listening on audio, my face, just, my jaw just dropped. What? No way, man. Yeah. Like you say, it's just, it's just been crazy. When I first had it, I thought to myself. You want to move to Canada? Um, <laughs> you want a job? <laughs> it should be the first hire on the podcast. You name your price, you come on over. I got I got two roto tilts. I'll I'll buy a, a machine for you. Let's go. You like you like Kamatsu's? Yeah. We'll buy a Kamatsu. We'll do that. <laughs> no, but like you say, when I did get on it, I was it did blow my mind. I thought to myself I would just be able to use it as a normal machine. And I never forget I I I had it. I went to go and grade off normal and I was just stabbing the ground because of the weight on the end. And when I'd done that, I was like, Jesus Christ. Like, I, I thought I thought I would be able to do it. And there was just so much more to it. But, it's like learning how to operate all over again. Yeah, all over again, yeah. And yeah, like you say, uh, people, there is people out there who can obviously take to things quicker than others. And then obviously, but... With another thing with that, I think people have got to watch what they're doing because when you have projects up and running that are just so full force and you get given one of these and you haven't had the experience and they still want you to carry on doing the same work, then you know yourself, it's you're starting all over again. There's a lot of pressure to learn it and to continue on with the work. So there would be good to... I would like more places where you could go and operate on before you do use them and to give people experience before they start. So somebody that's really good on a rototilt then, would you say that you should start? Yeah, you were just saying like you should start without a rototilt and then move on to a rototilt or like what do you think if somebody just started like straight up on a machine with, sorry, I'm saying rototilt, but a, a tilt rotator on the machine? Well, I think you should start off, like you say myself, I started off from a five-ton machine and I've, I've built myself all the way up. So I feel like you do need to have the experience on, all, um, on that type as well of just a normal um, quick hitch bucket. But when you do start to get experienced on that, that's when I do think you should move on to a tilt rotator. Uh, but like you say, there's just, uh, there's just so much more to it and it's just, it's just so fun and now, like I say, like the things I can just make up, just being so creative, 
that's why I feel like I am getting the views and stuff that I am getting because I'm just doing things that hasn't been done yet. Yeah, no, I would totally agree with that. I mean, but I think like one of the point where you were saying, I think it's really important to start on a, on a smaller machine because I mean, like we have a 36 ton, but then we have an eight ton and it's harder to fine grade on an eight ton than it is a 36 ton. I mean, not fine grade, but I the smaller machine, the harder it is because with a larger machine, you're just doing more mass bulking, mass excavation. But the smaller machines, like your 13 ton, that's the ultimate fine grading machine, right? I mean, you got a tilt rotator on it and everything, but I think with tilt rotators, it's funny because you can kind of personalize, you know, what's interesting about our setups is you'd be like, okay, well, instead of, you know, spinning this way, I'm going to spin that way. Or with, 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 when I press this button, I want it to move this way or I can move that way. Like it's, you can personalize the tilt rotators to your operator. And especially with the new technology in the machines, I'm sure Hitachi has it as well too. I know Komatsu does. But you can kind of, you know, like, okay, I want to speed up this part and I want to slow down when I come down. I want to speed up my swing. The machines are really coming a long way. And the machines are really giving us the tools to succeed, really. Yeah, definitely. They definitely are. Like I say, my, I don't think, I, I feel like I wouldn't be getting the attraction I am now if it wasn't for all these um, new innovations and stuff like that. And that's something I really want to be part of. I've just, um, um, I'm working alongside a company at the minute, um, Concrete in England, and that's what they're about, really, of um, being a step ahead when it comes to stuff like this for attachments and stuff. And I'm really excited to work alongside them and, yeah, showcase what they have and showcase all these new things that will be coming onto the market. Well, I guess so. Then we'll be able, if everyone kind of goes over and follows, you know, you on Diggerbri, they'll be able to go over and see all that stuff coming up. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. So where best should people go to see you? Where do you want people to go? Well, yeah, just it, I'll be showcasing it all on my platform at Diggerbri. So, yeah, I'm going to have another opportunity to showcase some more stuff that is not not on the internet, really. There's things that, like you say, I'm thinking outside the box again, and I'm getting equipment to also help me do that. So, yeah, I'm really excited to get underway with all this. Nice. And hopefully we'll see you at the 2026 Fun Expo, right? Well, hopefully, yeah. I, that would be my dream, definitely. I would... I would love to come over there. We'd hopefully see you there. We will see you there. You know, you gotta, you gotta manifest what you want in life, and so it becomes what's that word, fruition or fruition? Anyways, I'm, I'm too dumb for that. But you gotta manifest it. I, yeah, uh, I'm definitely gonna be there one way or another. I'm, I'm gonna be there. There you go. I like that. Okay, Liam, dude, thanks for coming on the podcast today, man. Obviously, this is another uh, episode sponsored by our beautiful friends over at Komatsu. We love them, Liam, dude appreciate it very much i can't wait to see what you come up with next online no thank you so much for your time thank you